Hey, this is the Thrive Church Podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. And you know, a couple weeks ago, Josiah actually started a series, if you haven't been around or you forget, called Vision 2020. And really, it's all about getting a God vision birthed on the inside of each of us and going after it with all that we have. And you know, I believe as Christians, we should be the biggest dreamers on the planet. Come on. Does anyone think that? Like, we should be the biggest dreamers in the world. Our partner in life is the creator of the universe. Just think about that for a second. So what dream could possibly be too big or too impossible to accomplish with God on our side? Come on. Does anybody want a better life, even if they have a great life right now? Who wouldn't want a better life than what they're experiencing right now in this moment? Come on. Come on, church. We shouldn't be the people that find excuses or complaints or cop-outs or are disengaged in this life. Why is something not going to work out when we have the Creator on our side? The last time I checked, we serve a God who has unlimited power who has unsearchable riches, who has untouchable strength, and love incomprehensible for you and for I. There is no limit to our God. We have access to this each and every step of the way in our life. We should be the first ones to go after our dreams, head down, full tilt, in confidence in God. In God, not just ourselves, but in God, because he's the one that put that dream on the inside of you and I. And honestly, I believe that a vision from God is maybe next to making the decision to serve Jesus, maybe the most important thing for each person to get in their lives because it gives us purpose. It gives us motivation. It gives us stamina to endure through life's ups and through life's downs because there will be those. But are you waiting Are you waiting to go after your dreams? Are you waiting to be ready to have that kid, to get married, to commit to that relationship, to make a friend, to take that job, to apply for that promotion, to write that book, to start working out, to go on that date? I don't know. The list could be endless, but you will never be ready. I'm here to tell you that this morning. You will never be ready. Are you waiting for the perfect conditions To point to you that, okay, yeah, now I'm ready to start following my dreams and the vision God gave me? Are you waiting to have enough faith, enough money, enough courage, enough rest, enough experience before you start going after the dream and vision that God's put in your life? I'm here to tell you, you may be waiting a long time if you're waiting for that. Come on. I have never once been ready for anything I've been called to in my entire life. When I packed my bags from Edmonton and moved to Calgary to come to university and play volleyball at UFC, I wasn't ready. I was 17 years old. Who's ready? My goodness, living on my own, away from my parents, fending for myself. I wasn't ready to be done playing volleyball after my degree, after my five years. That's all they give you. I wasn't ready to get into the workforce. I wasn't ready for the job that I have now, that although now it's a dream job for me, I wasn't ready for it. 
I did prepare myself for it. Yes, I did. I packed my bags to Calgary from Edmonton. I applied to university. I worked out to be in the best shape that I could be when coming here to play volleyball. I got my coaching certificates. That's what I do. I'm the UFC volleyball coach. I got, I shadowed other coaches. I assistant coached some of the best coaches that I could get around. Yes, I did my research. I prepared my resume and my portfolio long before this job ever opened up, but I was not ready. Let me just encourage you with that. So how does this all tie into vision? That's what we're talking about in this series, right? But I believe that there were visions all along those examples that I gave you that were directly from God, that they allowed me because the conviction of the vision on the inside of me was far greater than the things that would tell me to go another direction were, that it helped me to step into what God has had for me then and continues to have for me now. Are you letting fear maybe dictate your dreams or your experiences or hurts dictate your dreams? I want to encourage us this morning and let God be the one to determine the vision for your life. And we're going to talk practically. I'm a practical person. We're going to talk practically about walking that out. How do we actually step forward into that? Because, you know, it may be really nice to say, get a vision from God. He has good plans for you. But it's an entirely different thing to walk that out totally different. There are disappointments that come or even just distractions. Maybe you're in a season of life that you don't even feel like you can plan this afternoon, let alone plan into your future. And you know, I want to, I just want to share, I'm going to share a few vulnerable personal examples to hopefully make this really real that, hey, like we are all human and I'm standing up here to encourage you from experience, not from being in this great place where I'm just perfect all the time. But you know, it was about six weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer, seven weeks, that God talked to both Josiah and I about dreaming more, that we needed to start dreaming again. You see, when we were dating, we dreamed all the time. We've been together eight years now. That's a long time, almost nine years. Anyways, but we dreamed all the time. We would, one of our favorite things to do was we would get in the car and grab a coffee and we would go for a drive. We would go to open houses in these like fancy houses that at that time, well, even now, I don't know, we couldn't even afford. We just drive around areas of town that had these amazing views and these beautiful houses. And you know what? It's in those times that dreams were birthed on the inside of us. It was through putting ourselves in those places that we started to have conversations about what we wanted our future to look like, what we wanted our marriage to look like, what kind of goals did we want to accomplish in our life together. It was in those times that we started to get some vision. But you know, somewhere, somewhere along the way, in the mess and the busyness and the whatever of life, the demands of life, we stopped dreaming. Let me be real. We stopped dreaming. We were, and you know what? It's not even like it was a conscious thing that we did. We just moved into survival mode. It was, we can't even think about tomorrow, let alone the future right now. And it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a conscious choice that we made. But God came back and encouraged us to dream again. And I believe 
that that's what he's saying to all of us, that this is a message that he's planted in Josiah and I's hearts as leaders, but that he wants to impart to you that it is okay and it is time to dream again. And that God is going to walk alongside of each and every one of us as we dream. And you know, have we seen, we've started to dream, we, you know, just I talked about um, writing down a 10 goals for the next decade, 10 goals for 10 years, right? So we did that and like our hearts are on fire. But you know, have we seen like half of those, even one of them yet accomplished? No. But you know what? We are so much more excited day to day. We are living with like an anticipation in our lives simply because of a dream, the dreams that God has started to download into our hearts. And really, that's what I believe dreams do for each and every one of us. It gets us excited about life. It gives us something to work towards. So let's get real now. Let's get practical. You know, in Psalm 37, 4, we may, some of us, if you've been in church for any length of time, may have heard this before, but something was shown that's new to me this week. It says, okay, Psalm 37, 4, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, you know, whenever I've heard this preached most often, it's like God knows your desires and he wants to give them to you which God does have good things for each of us. He does want to see our desires fulfilled. But what I found is actually that the word delight, it says, starts with delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And delight, actually another word for it is to conceive. And so if you actually take that scripture into context, it's that you delight yourself in the Lord. God will conceive things inside of you. When you are in the secret place, when you are in his presence, he will conceive things in you and give you the desires that he planted in your heart, that he conceived in your heart. Not that you conjured up on your own, but that he conceived just as a baby is conceived in a mom's womb. That is what happens when we delight ourselves in the Lord. And really, I know Josiah talked even about that, but that is the first step, is we've got to get in the presence. We have got to get into the secret place with Jesus, where things just slow down where things are just quiet, where we can just delight in him and allow things to be conceived in our hearts. That is where he will birth dreams and desires in your heart. And did you know there are things hidden in every single heart that's here? Hidden. There are dreams and visions that God wired into you that you haven't discovered yet, let alone experienced but we believe in 2020, God wants to birth those dreams and visions inside of you. He wants to download them and conceive them and put a burning fire in your heart to go after them with all you have. Now, some of you maybe, maybe have heard of, uh, Hebrews 11:1 before. Maybe. 
I'll read it to you in case you haven't. And it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And that's true. Faith is the only substance we really need to have full assurance of the things we have that are in our hearts, that are hidden in them. Faith is the only confidence we need for the vision that hasn't yet been achieved. But you know, I saw something in the ne- in verse 3, so Hebrews eleven three, that brought it to a whole new level, this idea of things being hidden in our hearts and conceiving. Hebrews eleven three says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which were not, so the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. I'm going to read that last part again. The things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Do you know that anything we see with our physical eyes right now originally did not exist in the physical? Think about that. The world, the ages are formed by things that are unseen. There are hidden things, unseen things in your heart and in mine. The vision that's hidden in your heart is what can make up the world around us. As we take steps of faith towards the vision of God that he's put in our heart, it allows what's unseen What's unseen, what's hidden in your heart, the vision that can only be seen and experienced on the inside first to slowly draw itself out into reality and into the world that's around us. What things are hidden in your heart? What vision is simply that? A vision, a hidden thing, an unseen thing that's not visible yet. What is that thing? I am confident that that's where it starts to get in there, to figure out what's hidden on the inside of each of us. And you know, the next we get in God's presence, we get in the secret place, he will conceive things in us. And then I believe the next step is to hold on to it fiercely and don't let anyone convince you otherwise. You know, once God has given his word and has given his vision, it does not matter what comes against you. It does not matter what somebody says. All that matters is that you are pursuing after it. Come on, you guys. It only matters that we are pursuing after the thing that God has placed in each and every one of our hearts. You know, I heard, I heard this analogy a couple weeks ago. And it was talking about faith and vision and, you know, in the Bible, in Hebrews 11, for anyone who hasn't heard it, it's the hall of fame of the Bible. What does that mean? It is filled, Hebrews 11 is filled with heroes of the faith that actually never saw the complete vision that God spoke to them fulfilled. But God's vision is worth fighting for. Or is it? Let me ask you, are you convicted enough in your vision from God to follow after it, even if you don't see the fullness of it with your own eyes? Are you clear and firm enough on the vision God has assigned you to that no matter what storms come your way, what distractions or hurts attempt to take you out, you will not just continue to stand, but take one step after another in the journey God has purposed for you? That's the kind of vision that I believe God has in store for each and every one of us. What if your faithfulness to take steps forward isn't really about you, 
but the ones following you that will continue carrying the vision long after you're gone. Are you willing to live on the backside of Hebrews 11? The people that continued, the heroes of faith that continued to take steps towards what God had put in their heart, but then left this earth and it continued on to the people that were with them. Are you willing to live on the backside of that? I believe, I believe it's worth it to take steps in that direction because we don't know what our faithfulness to the vision that is burning on our hearts will do for the generations to come. Now, this is my real practical, my real coach side, but I believe that the keys for pursuing our vision, the download that God's conceived on the inside of us, are found in the goals that we set and work towards on a day-to-day basis. Now, this might sound kind of, oh, okay, yeah, that's great. But let me just give you some science and some research. Do you know there's Tony Robbins? Has anybody heard of Tony Robbins? He's like the guru of like emotional and financial and like... Just like, he just wants you to be like complete. Anyways, he says, Tony Robbins says, setting goals is the first step in turning the invisible into the visible. That's kind of cool. Without goals, it is very easy and natural to become unmotivated and lose perception and perspective of why you're doing something in the first place. Did you know that? Goals give you benchmarks that you get to celebrate along the way to your vision being accomplished. Do you know there's a psychologist named Sonia, I can't even say her name, Sonia Lai-O-U-Bormiski. She wrote a book called The How of Happiness. And it says, it turns out that the process of working towards a goal, participating in a valued and challenging activity is as important to well-being as its attainment. Do you know that? So actually taking steps towards the goal that God, or the vision that God's put in your life is as important to your well-being, your health, and your soul's, like just how you're feeling. It is as important as actually seeing it fulfilled. Setting goals bridges the gap between your long-term vision and short-term motivation. How many of you have met that person or been that person that gets fired up in January, you got the plan, you've got the idea, this is what I'm going to do in 2020, and three weeks happen, and you are, uh, you are dead. You're like, uh, why was I so fired up three weeks ago? No, I think I'm good. Do you know that most often it's actually the daily grind that takes people out of achieving the vision that they have? Not actually the dream itself. It's not. It's the grind. It's the opportunities, the numerous opportunities in our day that we have to quit, to do something else, to get distracted, to get busy, that keep us from accomplishing what's actually in our hearts. Isn't that unbelievable? And you know, the, the Bible talks about goals as, and its importance as well. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 26, it says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run their very best to win, but only one receives the prize? Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now, every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. 
And then here it is. Therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. I do not flail around like, we, like one beating the air, just shadow boxing. God's word directs us to set goals and to move towards them. Not just flailing around, airy-fairy, going through life. That there is a pers- purpose and a discipline and a self-control. And actually, Proverbs 21 talks about wisely, how wisely setting goals leads to better results in life. Proverbs 21.5 says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit. It will profit each of us as we work towards our goals. So how do we do this? You know what? Some of you may have heard this before. Some of you may have never heard this before because I'm in the sport world and so this is just what we do. But let me tell you how you actually set goals that are going to move you towards a vision and will not just wither away three weeks from now and seem like a good idea at the time and now it's just... I'm going to share with you to help with the example... One of my 10 for 10. It's a personal 10 for 10. It's not Josiah and I's 10 for 10. I don't think he'd ever put this on his 10 for 10, but it is my 10 for 10. And so this is, this is my, me being a little bit vulnerable, but that's okay. I'm going to put it out there because I'm going to do this in the next 10 years. But one of my big visions, has anyone heard of Joanna Gaines from Fixer Upper? Anybody know HGTV? Yeah, she's like my bestie, and I've never even met her in my entire life. So Joanna Gaines has a show, had a show on HGTV, Fixer Upper. She lives in Waco, Texas, and they basically, like, they have built an empire in that teeny tiny little town. Anyways, one of my 10 for 10s is to run a half marathon at their silos in Waco, Texas. So they have these, this really cool property and it's like all these markets and they have like concerts there and like ice cream shops and bakeries. And her husband, who was getting a little older and a little chunky, decided to start training for a race to start losing some weight. And he started a race at the silos. And people come from all over the world to run at this race. And you can do like 2K, you can do 5K, 10K, all the way up to a marathon. So my goal is to run a half marathon at the silos race in Waco, Texas. There you go. That's one of my 10 for 10. I know, it's going to be really awesome. And one of the reasons, one of the ways that I made this like achievable is the first step in any goal is to make it specific. Has anyone, I've written all these things down. So has anyone ever written down, lose weight? I'm going to lose weight. What does that mean? Is that specific? Is one pound losing weight or is 20 pounds losing weight? I mean, one pound, I could drink a liter of water and gain a pound. So how do you know that it's specific enough that you've actually achieved it. Has anyone wrote, I want to read more books? What's more? Do you read zero right now, so one is more? Do you read one a month, so 24 is more? How specific can you get? Because if it's not specific, you'll stop. You'll stop before you even get to the second part. I guarantee you that. The second, so it's got to be specific, measurable, Have a way to determine that you've achieved it. Do you know how I'm going to know? I'm going to be in Waco, Texas. I'm going to be at the silos, and I am going to be running that half marathon. That's how I know that I'm going to, I've accomplished my goal. The other part, so specific, measurable. The other part is to make it positive language. So did you know if you put something like 
don't overeat. Or don't lose my temper. Did you know that the way that God designed our brains is the only thing we hear after the word don't is the other word? So your, your brain doesn't actually hear don't overeat. It hears overeat. Did you know that? It says lose my temper. It hears don't be impatient. Impatient. So can we change our language so it actually partners with something that's positive and life-giving? Do you know that? Like, yeah, seriously, you guys, this is for real. So maybe instead of don't overeat, maybe say, I'm going to eat food the size of my fists and double my portions with veggies and less carbs. That's specific! I would know if I ate more veggies than I did carbs, which is very difficult for me. That is also measurable and specific. So without getting too redundant here, specific, measurable, positive. And the other thing, it needs to be realistic, you guys. Do you notice how I did not put that I am going to run a full marathon? That is not within my skills or my abilities. And all of our goals should be within the realm of our skills and abilities. Like if I put on there, I am going to make the worship team, I'm going to produce songs for all the world to enjoy, I can't even sing in key, you guys. That is not realistic. That is not good for anyone. And it is not suitable or within my abilities. You know, have you ever put like, I'm going to work out six days a week when you don't even go once every two weeks right now? So is that like realistic that that's going to happen? I'd say 99.8% not. But is it realistic? You could get it to once a week. And then when you do that, could you make it twice a week? And then when you do that, you make it three times a week? That might be within your abilities. I learned a long time ago that my body can't handle a full marathon. When I, I ran a half marathon nine years ago and almost died but didn't, and it was a, a, enough of a good thing that I'm like, I'm going to do this again. But if I did a full marathon, I was halfway through the half, and I was like, why would people run four times this long? So half marathon it is, is within my abilities. Okay, and then the last thing is to pair your goals with action. Okay, so mine would be, I'm downloading a half marathon training plan to put the training days, and I'm going to put the training days and times in my calendar like an appointment so that I can actually go out and book it. What else am I going to do? I'm going to research the 2020 date of the race in Waco. I got to know when I'm going and work backwards so that I can achieve that goal. I'm going to find out how much it costs for a flight and accommodations. You got to get to Texas. And I'm also going to start putting aside money each month so that I can save towards the flight and the accommodations. My last one, and it is important because it's how we actually involve God in our plans, but it's to remain flexible. You know, guys, life happens. And you know, you got to adjust with it. Be open and flexible to what God is doing, going to do in your life and make adjustments along the way. Now, this is not an announcement, but let's say for some reason I got pregnant in 2020. Do you think that that would be realistic for me to run a half marathon? Absolutely not. That would be ridiculous. Does that mean that I'm a failure if I haven't achieved it? No way. It just means I've got to adjust and be flexible. Like Proverbs 16.9 says, this is his instruction, in their hearts humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In his heart a man plans his court, course, but 
The Lord determines his steps. In other words, we have goals. We should have goals. But God will ultimately accomplish what he needs to and push us and direct us in the direction we should go. Do your goals make room for the unexpected? Do we love God's will more than our own? Are we willing to accept that direction? I just want to encourage you to take some time and think about actually how you're going to achieve a vision in your life. Now, you know what? Everyone is on a very different journey and a different place along this vision scale. Some of you are crystal clear on your vision. Others are clear on the vision, but maybe you've lost your hope or your motivation. Maybe you have a vision and motivation, but you need to put some action behind it. You need to put a plan behind it and start going after it. No matter where you are, I want to encourage you not to give up. I would say I've had a pretty clear vision all my life. I've been very blessed that way. No matter what stage I was at, I was pretty clear on what it was supposed to be. But to be completely vulnerable and honest, that I've actually come out of a very low season. For about nine months, I was in it. And you know, it almost took me out of my call. The last nine months, like I said, I I knew, I've known for a very long time what the vision for my life is. And once I've accomplished it, God has given me a new one. But the last nine months almost took me out. I had nothing left. I wanted to run from anything that God had spoken to my heart. It hurt too bad to think about the stuff that was happening, happened along the way of my journey. It was so much easier, it seemed, to rest in my pain than to rest in the arms of God. And it felt far more comforting than God's word that took some faith for me to actually latch onto. I knew in my head that this was not the right choice. I knew it wasn't. I knew my thoughts were not benefiting me. And I could physically feel this turmoil in my life between what I knew that God was wanting me to do with my life, but not feeling like I could do that. And so if you're there, I get it. I can relate on every level. Do you want to give up? I feel you. Do you want to cry all the time? Grab me a tissue. Do you want to scream and yell at injustices that it feels like have happened to you? Try and scream louder than I was. But during that nine-month season, I, I did continue to go to God. I was mad and I was blunt and honest, but I was going. And do you know what happened? God's vision won out. And, you know, two Saturdays ago, I was um, in a conference and uh, just worshiping, and God spoke to me and said, this thing, so there was a thing (laughs) that led to those nine months, this thing almost completely took you out, Natalie. But today... You will walk out of here stronger and more courageous than ever. Step by step, move forward. That's what he said. Move forward into the destiny I've designed you for. This thing will no longer have hold in you. And you know, I share this experience because it happened. I walked out of that place and since then, two weeks ago, there has been a complete heart transformation and total freedom and that vision that I've always known in my heart, it overruled the pain and the fear and the hurt and the crap 
of the previous nine months. And if he will do that for me, he will do it for you. And maybe that's exactly what he wants to speak to you today, is that he is strengthening you and you will walk out of here stronger than when you came in. He wants you to live a full purpose-driven life. His word promises it in Philippians 3, 14 to 16. So if you are where I was, this verse is for you. It says, I'm not saying that I have this all together, that I have made it, but I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ, who has wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running. I'm not turning back. So... Let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, and here's the encouragement, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're, right, right now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. And you know, God, no matter what season you're in, I believe that God will either clear your vision or give you stamina and purpose and clarity to go after it. So it's okay if we haven't fully seen it because God is our partner walking alongside of us. But just the only thing is don't look for an excuse to walk out of his plan. Because his way is the only true beneficial life-giving way. I heard this quote, if you are looking for excuses, you will always find them. And you know what? I was. I was looking for excuses in those nine months. I wanted a way out. And man, could I find them everywhere that I looked. But there is a better way. And I am so much lighter and happier because of it. There will always be something to partner with to keep you focused on your goal. But the life that God has for us is so much better. I'm just going to invite you to stand. You know, you don't know if you have tomorrow. So today, plan the best day you possibly can. Lay out goals to work towards that vision that will make today count. Not tomorrow, not a year from now, but today. Because it's our only guarantee. You know, I'm gonna. Pr- I would really like to pray for some people. If you've uh, just been through a season like me, or maybe you're uh, unclear, your vision has been blurred. Whether it's that you don't know what your vision and purpose is, or you've just kind of forgotten and got stuck in the muddiness of life, I'd like to pray for you. Let's all, for privacy's sake, let's all close our eyes. And if that is you, that you need like a refreshing, you need a download, you need some conception from God, you need some clearing of your vision, I just want to invite you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. And this is just an acknowledgement and an act of surrender that God is going to help you. So I'm going to pray, Jesus I thank you that you love each and every one of your people so deeply. That you died so that we could have life and life more abundantly. And so I just pray to 
for each hand that's raised here. And I speak an imparting of vision in the name of Jesus. That there would be downloads from heaven that just enter so deep in their heart, Father God, that they know without a shadow of a doubt that it is you. That, Father, no matter what their past is, that their future is bright, that it is better than what they've experienced in the past, Father God. I thank you that you separate us from our past as far as the east is from the west, Father God. And so I thank you, Jesus, that these every person here, that they would hear your voice so tangibly and that they would run after the things that you are speaking to them, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you would be specific that you designed them and wired them for this thing. And that, Lord, any distractions, any hurt, any doubt, any discouragement, Father God, that it would be replaced by your peace, your soundness of mind, your power, your love. You say you have not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And so I thank you that that would be imparted to people today in the name of Jesus. Lord, that where people have lost hope, that you would bring hope into their hearts. Lord, that there would just be supernatural motivation to go after what you've downloaded into each person's heart here in the name of Jesus.